James McInnesby here, founder of New Ireland TV. Um, I'm just saying hello to all the Ecumenical Matters listeners. Um, just to let you know, we are starting a new project now, a completely new venture. It's called New Ireland TV. It's available worldwide for free without any sign-ups on the Roku and Amazon Fire Sticks. Uh, it'll be a It'll be an expression of Ireland in the 21st century. It'll be a new TV station for a new Ireland. Um, we've got drama, comedy, factual, uh, and lots of uh, discussion programs as well. So if you know your discussions are good from ecumenical matters, you've got a lot more of that coming as well. So check out uh, New Ireland TV on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. So stay tuned to New Ireland TV, a new TV station for a new Ireland. Hello and welcome to Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. Uh, we're up to episode 13, uh, which is unlucky for some, possibly, uh, but not for us, of course. Uh, but we're here discussing Rockahula Ted, season 2, episode 7. Now, what to say? Let me just check. I've lost count completely. I think it's episode 7. And with us today, we have, uh, we have Lindsay Mitchell. We'll start with Lindsay Mitchell, our. our uh, First guest, uh, an actress uh, from Belfast. What have you been getting up to, uh, acting wise? Acting wise, not a whole lot. I've been resting, as they say. That's that's actors speak for unemployed. Well, have you have <laughs> got anything that people can check out on YouTube or anything like that? There's plenty, a plenty. In fact, if you Google me, you'll probably find links to pretty much everything that I've done. Right, so right, brilliant, brilliant. Go for it all, all over the YouTube, like a soapy flannel, as they say. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And uh, to my right, we have our, our, our uh, prodigal son is returning. Yeah. It's Vince. By time. By time, yeah. You've yeah. been shitloads, Vince. Well, you've been in London and, and stuff, so. Yeah, I've been all over, you see, so I haven't been able to sort of keep uh, nah, keep things involved, like, but. Been to London, that's about it, really, isn't it? Well, I've been in London, then I had to switch a few recording dates around. Nah. So I recorded on Monday and then the following Saturday. Yeah. So uh, you're only available on Sunday evenings, most certainly, so. Nah, yeah, the minute has been recording with the band and stuff, so. Okay, what's the band? Uh, uh, Runkid. Run kid, mm-hmm. and uh, have you got any gigs lined up or something? Is that what it no, is? No, no, just because Phil, the bassist, he's disappeared from Monday to Thursday every week, so we can't get a hold of him to do any bass recording, so I've had to take over on bass. I used to be in a band, and the correct thing to say when people ask you if you've got gigs and you don't have gigs is, we're writing. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that's true though, we are, we are writing and recording at the minute. That's writing. more like it's it, that's not, what you think. It's not lies for once. <laughs> so it's not just cover, you're moving on from covers then, yeah? We always did our own stuff. Uh, that's what I meant. Uh, you're a great uh, original band, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw you last last year at uh, Sunflower, and there is yeah, a video yeah. on my YouTube channel of Run Kid. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll have a look at that. It's like pop punk Blink One Two. I remember it. I disappeared mid set to go to the toilet. Uh, that's not on video as far as I can remember but probably for the best yeah <laughs> that wasn't needed during that song I'm sorry yeah Vince just uh, got up off the stage uh, from, from behind the, the drum kit in the second song of the set and decided he needed one of the toilets uh, yeah. now I do have a few uh, a few parish minutes to um, to come up with two weeks ago me and Marty recorded a song for Europe which is the Eurovision episode and I to my eternal discredit missed two Agoons for Mrs Doyle oh. uh, and that is because when I was listening back uh, they weren't actually she wasn't asking for tea. She was asking Ted to sing to her. Mm-hmm. And she was ah, go on, Ted. You have a lovely voice. Ah, go on. Why don't you? That sort of thing. And I completely missed it because my head wasn't tuned into it. So we're now up to 31 ah, go ons, which I haven't, I'm not, I haven't actually uh, acknowledged yet. So here we are, 31 ah, go ons. Weren't we also keeping track of how many things get smashed within their house? 
Or was it just the window? Uh, well, we did say just the window, but I suppose we could uh, we could expand it to extra fit. Well, all the fixtures and fittings, considering yeah. we do have an extra addition tonight. And the TV's been smashed a few times, so. Uh, yeah, so we did say the TV as well, but I think the TV's had its had its best day. But yes, we'll we'll come back to that because that is quite a quite a good quite a good observation actually. Yeah. Uh, I do have a shout out to the congregation. Uh, a guy on Twitter, at uh, Ricky underscore Red underscore Mank. Uh, says, uh, well, he sent me a, a meme. He's memed me. <laughs> so do you know the uh, do you know the episode where who are your races now, Father? How would one get into that sort of thing? He's cha- he's uh, he's made that except changed all the the references to Father Ted to James, <laughs> and all the references to the parish to ecumenical matters. So thank you very much for that, Ricky. Unfortunately, I can't really like you because you're a Man United supporter. But <laughs> well, it's also the fact that he's implying you're a racist. There was that, but I told him we don't need any racism in this parish. He should just enjoy his tea. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we've got some news as well since last week. Uh, did you hear that Todd Unctuous actor, Jared McSorley, has yeah. got himself into trouble? Oh, has he? Well, he's, Hercules, what's he done? He's got an arrest warrant out for himself for the uh, egregious crime of breaking plant pots. Oh, <laughs> crazy fool. Yeah, that's <laughs> a very stolen whistle sort of crime that uh, <laughs> he might as well yeah. have just knocked knock somebody's front door and ran away well <laughs> the fact that somebody's went to the bother of sending out an arrest warrant for a broken plat pot yeah it's been a slow crime day yeah <laughs> I was like, when I read that line I was thinking like oh shit what's he done like he must have done something serious and I read it and I was like that's the most disappointing thing I've ever seen in my life well, it's actually the funniest thing. I was afraid, oh shit, oh, is he pretty funny. It's a very father somebody? dead kind yeah. of thing. Like, so. I, I was thinking, God, has he assaulted somebody or something? Yeah. Or has he got himself <laughs> in a fight or something? No, he's broken a few plant pots oh. and somebody's fucking phoned the guards on him and put an arrest warrant out on him. So now he can't go into the county of Donegal. I don't know what his Wait. status is for the rest of the 26 counties. He actually can't go into Donegal. Well, if he does, he's under arrest warrant. So as long as he stays on this side of the border. Is it not 36 counties? It's 32 counties if you count the six counties. of the north. I don't want to get into this. I could never. Yeah, I could never remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't want to say thirty-nine. That's thirty-nine steps. I'm thinking of. Oh yes, <laughs> something that, very that, different. That's, Jack, that's Jack's uh, road to recovery, is it? That's thirty-nine steps. Twelve <laughs> steps isn't enough room. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we'll get into the episode then. Um, it's uh, well called Rock of Hula Ted, and mm. after two weeks where the titles of the episode were very descriptive of what was actually happening in them, mm. we had the old grey whistle theft. And a song for uh, Europe. Mm-hmm. And last week's our episode was entitled uh, "The Plague," which you could sort of say, "Okay, okay, a plague of rabbits." Mm-hmm. Uh, this goes back to the sort of random words make up a Father Ted title. Just one minute. Did that mean I missed the episode uh, with my lovely horse? You have missed it. Yes, it's just been released today. Oh, Pass. Alas. You can listen to it though and listen to the fun we <laughs> had. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Rockahula Ted. So it doesn't. It doesn't even mean anything. Well, and it, like you could be forgiven for thinking that this was the song for Europe, or even the uh, the priest ready the priest uh, look like competition yeah. stars in their eyes rock of the head. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I couldn't even remember what episode it was when you told me the title for this yeah, one. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you keep saying it's the one with uh, was it lovely girls. I just called lovely it the lovely girls episode. Yeah, lovely girls episode. And yeah. when you put it on, I said, "Have you got the right episode?" Because the title wasn't lovely girls. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, but I was thinking, but you can see the screenshot there. It's clearly the Love Girls. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> but that yeah, that's how that's how off-putting it is like. But um, yeah, it's minor, minor quibble, minor quibble. Yeah. But the episode revolves around, as we said, the Lovely Girls competition, uh, which is a sort of uh, thinly disguised parody on the Rosa Tralee uh, competition. So what do you what do you know about the Rosa Tralee? Mm, 
Not a whole lot. I know it exists. That's about it. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's basically this. It's it's disingenuous to call it a beauty contest, but it's a a contest in Kerry in a town called Tralee, hence the name, where Irish women and uh, expat Irish women put themselves forward and they put on very glamorous dresses and they they show a talent, uh, whatever that may be. It might be Irish dancing or it might be singing or it might be such and such. Uh, and they have regional heats, and I know a few people who have who have went forward in regional heats. Uh, but it's all very, you know, nice and quaint, and it's not quite as seedy as Miss World or Miss Universe or whatever. So it's a, it's just it's a level up, but it is very twee and very, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the lovely girls, apart from the low the low budget uh, atmosphere of the lovely girls, it, it is quite a fair representation of what the Rosetree was really. Did you want to talk to me about? Oh, yes. Now, you were planning on going to the Lovely Girls Festival this year, weren't you? Oh, yes. I, I never miss the Lovely Girls Festival. My absolute favourite time of year. Well, how is Miss Lovely Girl 1995 doing? Arab God, Ted, we had to strip her of her title. <laughs> oh, God. Why? We found out she'd been in a film called Stallion Farm. <laughs> I heard it was a bit rude. Anyway... I'm chairman of the organising committee this year, and I was wondering if you wanted to judge it. Judge it? Oh, God, Liam, I'd love to. Oh, and there's the dinner afterwards, isn't there? Oh, yes, yes. You have the honour of taking the winner out for a meal. And I think, who pays for it? It's, it's not me. Did I hear that somewhere? Oh, yes, that's right. We brought that in a few years ago. You have the honour of taking her out for a meal, and she has the honour of paying for it. Lovely. <laughs> We thought it would be a bit of a laugh getting a priest to judge it this year. Also, it eliminates any sexual aspect to the thing. <laughs> or am I wrong, huh? I hope you won't be tempted by all those lovely girls. Oh, there's no chance of that, Liam. Because we've had problems with that sort of thing before, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Ted, we really have had problems with that sort of thing before. Jed's got to judge it, and, of course, he wants to make sure that they don't... Uh... They don't get into any sexual misappropriations as they have done before because I've had problems with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, really, we have. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, well, Ted, Ted, as we've discovered before, Ted is a is a heterosexual man. He does have his his desires. He does. And his it, urges. He is, <laughs> yes, yeah. And it sort of came out, not sort of in an accidental way, after Jack punched him in the stomach. <laughs> he, he had to judge the, uh, he had to judge the, the, not the walking, the walking was different. We had to judge the, the runway contest. Yeah. Ted, for crying out loud, will you get up there? The girls won't stay lovely forever, you know. Sorry, Father Jack just punched me in the stomach. God. Hello, lovely girls. Look at them there. Walking around. Oh, there's, there's Mrs. <laughs> it was pretty much his, uh, his description of what was happening there. Do you think all that was acting or genuine there for me? Uh, well, I'm a very good actor. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> and a very humble one as well. <laughs> I don't believe in humility. That's, that's, that's one of the things the Catholic Church tried to beat into me. I don't have any of it. I am no, the no Catholic hangover for you. No, <laughs> no Catholic guilt. I'm just take all my prayers. <laughs> you were saying obviously this episode, the title doesn't really describe it very well. And I was thinking about like, there's two separate sort of plots going on. I know they're both sort of intertwined, but there is two separate things going on. So you got the the competition, and you've also got the 
stupid rock singer. Eve Conley. Absolutely despise. I I think that's the whole idea of the character. Obviously, you're meant to dislike her anyway, but just hate her from the start. But uh, it's like you got these two B sides where it's going on. They both just sort of intertwine and link up. It's not like one consistent story. I didn't feel like. It. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the two. There's two parallel branches. Yeah. And uh, they sort of followed it through that. I mean, it's it's a, it's a different way of storytelling. Like it, every American sitcom or drama will have an A story, a B story, and if it's a big enough yeah. cast, they will have a C story as well. It's so just, this was the same. Yeah, just when I'm thinking about it now, it's quite good the way they handle because it's like, your woman, Dave, whatever, she's like giving off about how the Catholic priests are and stuff, and then you're meant to be sitting there like hating her, but then they're actually showing that they're exactly what she's saying. And societies in ancient India were ruled by women. Really? And men weren't allowed around women without a license, and they were put in the corner and told off for being sexist. Anyway, uh, you're going to do a song from you. Me new album for us now. God, what a need you. She's never happy unless she's complaining about something. <laughs> oh, you're right there, Ted. And I believe this new song is about the Catholic Church. Oh, here she goes. <laughs> That's right. It's about how the church in Ireland secretly had lots of potatoes during the famine and they hid the potatoes in the pillows and sold them abroad at potato fairs. <laughs> and the Pope closed down a lot of the factories that were making the potatoes and turned them into prisons for children. God almighty, she says that as if there was something sinister about her at all. I mean, what is the problem with her? She seems to be taking the whole Catholic thing a bit seriously, Ted. Yes, Dugan. I mean, it's just a bit of a laugh. Stop talking, Dugan. <laughs> anyway, it's this whole radical feminism lark that really gets my goat. <laughs> Mad! Uh, uh, this idea that the Catholic Church has some sort of negative attitude to women. Ted, she's doing her song. Big man on frocks. <laughs> Tell us what to do. Yeah, through the competition, so it is quite good that way. I guess how I think about it. Uh, it's just a, it's um, the theme in the both strands was sexism coming from different angles on it. Mm-hmm. You got um, C.P. Grogan's character uh, who is um, going around the world on talk shows talking about how women don't have a voice and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Do you always thought it's rather ironic when people do stuff and use it, these issues as a big stick to hit the whole world with. Which, uh, and, represents no one really well i mean <laughs> the character is very clearly based on sinead o'connor and yeah. sinead o'connor did go around the world um in the early 90s uh, and her, her, uh famous pope ripping well it was getting on, <laughs> it was getting on to that but she primarily wanted to point out the hypocrisy of the catholic church and she mm. was doing this well before mm-hmm. uh, father ted and she was also uh, doing it just as the child abuse scandals were coming out in the uh, in the catholic church mm. so just as these things were you know, starting to bubble up. Mm. Uh, you know, Connor was actually thrusting it into the public consciousness very, very aggressively. Yeah. And I have to say, I think uh, she should be applauded for it because she did, as I said, went on to Saturday Night Live, which is an American TV oh. show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the ratings are, but it's one of the, one of the event televisions yeah. of the week. It's one like, of the most viewed shows. Though. Yeah, and she ripped up a picture of the Pope at the end of her, her, her musical performance. It was, uh, war she sang that night, was it? Bob Marley? Yes, that's right. Yes. That was it, yeah. We have confidence in the victory of good over evil. Fight the real enemy. 
Uh, so she said, fight the real enemy. Oh, yeah. And she ripped up a picture of uh, Pope John Paul II. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, she, like, that was a very, she was probably the very first uh, Irish person to be very aggressive and angry about the impact of the Catholic Church in society before any uh, comment on the, the impact and the power of the church was always done from a satirical sort of comedic point of view or uh, you know if somebody sort of raised their hand they were shot down and told to shut up and get yeah. back with the program where she was actually you know going ahead and putting it into as visible a place as she could and it helped that she did have you know a massive hit song like a monster hit of that year it was i think possibly like the fifth or the top five best-selling songs that year and it's you know nothing compares to you the prince song um but uh, yeah, so clearly uh, Neve Connolly's based on her, and Neve, in Neve Connolly's first appearance, she starts discussing about the potato famine and how yeah. the Catholic Church was hoarding all the potatoes. <laughs> now, I'm not sure how much uh, truth there is in that uh, in that passage, but I, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if there was like a grain of truth that the church had a food stocks mm-hmm. that they weren't giving out. Ted confirmed it for us. Well, exactly. Yeah, he makes it sound so so uh, something wrong sinister, with that. Yeah. <laughs> Just how more outlandish they got as she went on and on and on. It just got more ridiculous yes. as the sentence went. You can't on be there. around women without a license. Yeah. <laughs> go, and, go and sit in the corner and be naughty and think about what you've done. Yeah. Around me. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it was. Well, you said you didn't like the character. No, why didn't you like her? Just because, well, they actually set out to do. They achieved what they set out to do, sorry. Which is they made a very unlikable character because. You know, the way through Ted, Ted is meant to be the likable character, even though he's the worst in the world. Yeah. Whereas she's actually someone trying to do something right, and they made her unlikable from his point of view. So it works on the audience's side of things. But what 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 is it about her that you did? Oh, she's just really pretentious and annoying. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. I, pretentious definitely was definitely yeah. a character facet. Very oh. sort of condescending about it all. And all. Yeah. And all the way through the episode, it was um, hypocrisy and intolerance. She's fighting hypocrisy and intolerance. And she was probably the most intolerant character yeah. in the whole thing. Well, <laughs> in what way? Like, in well, like she had a problem with pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. She uh, prejudged you... everyone. The whole of the Catholic Church is wrong because there was an element of the Catholic Church she got up to us. Or well, she gave and... Dougal a time of day when. She didn't give Dougal a heart. She didn't. Uh... She exploit him. The simple yeah, boy she... he is. Because you can kind of see. She's getting really offended by him, and then I think she maybe kind of works out. Oh, he's an idiot. I'll abuse this. Well, yeah, exactly. But if she was, as you say, just uh, you know, it's firing, um, firing brimstone all the time, Dougal wouldn't even have opened the door because he would have just been shouted yeah. down by this. Uh, it was uh, a sense of entitlement when she came in and plunked herself down. Yeah. The sofa. <laughs> like the way she just. Yes, I already own this. So I just need to sort of make it official. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know that's the way people have to be when they're challenging such a such a power. Like it does take an ego to challenge an ego, like doesn't it? Well, I was going to say I was I wasn't actually a great fan of the actress. I didn't like that either, but I think that also kind of helped because I think she was a, a shite actress. But I could be wrong in that, but I no, go ahead, really uh, say why. Yeah, I think that kind of helped sell the character a bit more as well. Well, I don't know if she's a shite ag- actress. You knew her name. Stevie Grogan um, was a singer um, in the eighties. Um, I think she's Scottish. Actually, I could be wrong about that. Um, but I just thought she was. I didn't think she was Irish. No, yeah, her accent did sort of fail quite. I mean, maybe that was deliberate. I don't know. It just it made it more was. annoying. Yeah, possibly was. See, that's that's what I'm trying to. I was trying to sort of gauge. Is it was she intentionally being so wavy as in she was posturing the whole time? 
or I, I didn't find the actress annoying particularly. I just I found the character annoying, but well, not the actress. Yeah. <laughs> well, that might be it. Like maybe it's worked too well. That, uh, but, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's just filtered through. Yeah. <laughs> disliking. Uh, but yeah, no, it was. Well, I think visually she was uh, based on Dolores O'Riordan. Do you know who that is? The no. lead singer of the Cranberries. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so what, what's that? Uh, I hate the Cranberries. <laughs> see, I've got I've got an episode where everyone just hates everything. So I'm gonna have a very fucking. Uh, <laughs> Lopsided okay. conversation. Very here. negative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, Dolores were reading the Cranberries were fucking world superstars in the mid nineties. World they superstars. Were in the 90s, yeah. they were, for a while, they were like considered the replacement to Nirvana on American radio, because okay, finally we got somebody doing grungy music again after Kurt's dead, because they hadn't didn't have Britpop in America, like. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they had a monster hit as well with Zombie. I hate that song. <laughs> I uh, actually, I really do hate that song. Well, it's a song about the first city we're in, like yeah. It's all I don't know. I just and, uh, I never, never got fired. Well, that's alright. I mean, you, you don't <laughs> have to get fired. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> uh, lots of people did. Yeah, lots of people liked it, and I can see why people liked it, and I can see why people liked them, but they were just never for me. Well, the song has got overplayed for me personally, yeah. but it still doesn't stop the fact that it's a rock and roll classic. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, it's one of my favorite. Oh, you got it in your iPod. I got it in my iPod. There you go. There, see. People still have it. How many times? Yeah. When was the last time it came up in your random in your trouble? It usually does uh, financially. Depends how long I play it for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so are you a big cranberries fan then? Um, Only Targi. When I was uh, in the nineties, when I was uh, a teenager, I was into the Cure in a big way. But the cranberries uh, sort one. of uh, ran alongside that slightly, and I was more into the Cure. I was, I was that sort of kid. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> well, Redeem yourself of the cure. The cure. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, Rosa Reardon was one of the very few people who was actually singing in her own accent, an American accent. Which I found grating at the time, but now have further appreciation for because it really annoys me when people don't sing their own accent. I, no, I hate when people sing in accents. I'm the opposite. I what, you, you like Blink One Eight Two? They don't sing in their accent. Yes, they they used to do that. What was that? I was trying to do that sort of. Tom Tom the long whines, but he doesn't like sing in his accent. He just he's just whiny. What was that? Not like his accent. Well, it's an American accent. No, it's just him having a shitty voice. But it's an American accent. And but, no, I bet you every band I you mean, say don't have an accent have an American accent. Well, yeah, they'll have an American accent, but I, so I really hate it whenever people sing with like. Ugh, it sounds really true, but I hate like of a really strong Irish accent or like a really strong English accent. The I streets it really annoys me. Yeah, but it drives me nuts. See, the streets is actually you know, he he's singing, uh, he's actually performing himself. He's not fucking putting up on this radio friendly unit shifter voice. Do you know what I mean? It's just the noise, it's like slaves are alright. Well, when, so you should listen to Catherine Jenkins then, she just sings in an operatic voice all the time? I don't or? like that either. <laughs> so you I don't, don't like, like much. So don't, don't like all the mockneys? Uh, he's he's wearing there. a slaves t-shirt right now, yeah, and the guy sings in a Kent accent. But that's so. the only I thought that was just because you've come straight from work. That, well, yeah, I was, I was just wearing that at work. Dressed down, but no, like, that's one of the few exceptions where I can actually tolerate it. There's oh. very little... Punk, you mean punk music, where they all sing in, in Cockney accents? More just shouting than anything, yeah. In Cockney accents, yeah, because they're doing it raw and they're not fucking filtering themselves. Even even the really posh ones is put on a Cockney accent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sidetrack. We have, and uh, Dougal, Dougal, when he, we've said before, he doesn't get on board with uh, with the Catholic Church. He says you shouldn't be taking it so seriously. It's all just a bit of a. And Ted just says, "Stop talking, Dougal." He's just had enough of this now. It's like. You, you, 
Okay, I, I'm clearly a believer and you're not, Dougal. So just, why don't you stop fucking uh, getting on my vibe <laughs> and just let me complain about the woman on TV who's annoying me. What was he said? He doesn't, she's not happy unless she's complaining. Uh, which is, you know, he's got, I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to feel what Ted feels now. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Neve Connolly's created a, a, an image that she has to play up to now. Well, exactly. <laughs> just yeah. just, just has, can't, is not allowed to be happy anymore. Yeah, think, yeah. Well, I mean, in research for this, I was watching interviews with uh, Sinead O'Connor, and uh, one of them was quite a recent one with Virgin, Virgin Radio, Absolute Radio, and uh, she did like she was. It was a reissue of her big album. Uh, I shall not, I shall not want what I do not have, mm. uh, and yeah, from the start, she was just very, very grumpy and clearly didn't want to be there. But eventually, he managed the interviewer managed to sort of open her up and get her to speak about music and stuff mm. and stuff she actually wanted to talk about. So yeah, the, I mean. That's uh, yeah. She's always going to be a grumpy so and so like. That's what people expect of her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and she went on. She went on the latest show and talked. Uh, spoke about how she wasn't in love with her vibrator because she didn't have sex for seven months. Dead. Which on the latest show, you know, your granny's watching that like. Hasn't yeah. she uh, come out as a lesbian since then? Uh, I don't know. She or is she's now like three quarters heterosexual or what? Well, I'd, I'd say she. Yeah, I'd say she's. On this pretty yeah, uh, what's the what's the word you use? Like? Experimental. Nuts. Yeah, no, not nuts. Indecisive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, I would say you know there, she's very sex positive and she's uh, she's not afraid of the fact she is sex positive and maybe she does. I, I don't know anything about her private life to be honest. She mentioned on the interview that she has a boyfriend uh, mm-hmm. and she had taken his two kids. I know she's had some, a number. She's had more than one marriage and even more boyfriends. I don't know how many partners she's had in her time exactly. Well, uh, she did go like absolutely boogaloo last year and this year, didn't she? She disappeared. Yeah, for a she bit. Yes, she did. Yeah. There was, there was, uh, yeah, there was questions raised about the, her mental health and whether she was in a fifth state. I don't know why people were questioning it. She well, was very clearly like not there at the time. Well, I, I'm saying that to be polite. I'm putting it politely just for, uh, for for radio's sake. But <laughs> yeah, no, there was a lot of people worried that uh, she might have gone off. She disappeared yeah. for two or three days, and people were worried she like, actually killed herself or something. Yeah, because she made a big post saying that she was going to go kill herself. Yeah, online, that's so. right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so hopefully she's getting better and you know keeps fighting the power. I think she is. Yeah. Fight the real enemy she need. Exactly. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack's drinks cabinet uh, doesn't get a new entry this week. Uh, Paddy's whiskey, but we do get a new element to the drinks cabinet. The big red alarm bell on the walls finally even showing for what it's used for. What it's used for. It's not actually a fire alarm as you might expect, <laughs> but uh, an alarm to let uh, let the priest know when Jack needs his drink. <laughs> So that's very, uh, very appropriate, appropriate re-electricity, re-rewiring of the house's electricity <laughs> to, for uh, Jack's benefit. Uh, but uh, Jack's been, he's been getting a bit styled tonight. He's, obviously, the rock music has been rubbing off on him, and he decides to go for a, a Bob Geldof, <laughs> Bob Geldof look. Yeah, Jack's been was pretty quiet this episode. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot from him there. Uh, there was a lot more than there was in the last two episodes, where he's kept yeah. very, very quiet. So he's got a few new lines as well. So. so he mentions that he, he well, he mentions that he, he knocked Bob Geldof out. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder was the Bob Geldof mentioned just lumping uh, that aggressive personality in with um, the likes of the Sinead O'Connor stuff. Uh, probably, actually, yes, that was probably a lot to do with it. Because uh, oh, yeah, Bob is 
is very yeah, outspoken. Exactly, yeah. And uh, at Live Aid when he famously swore at yes. two PM on live TV. Yeah, <laughs> we, we swear in our everyday yeah, lives. Yeah, exactly. We recovered eventually from yeah. <laughs> Well, have they? Because they're still talking about it in no. the media circles in London saying, Oh, do you remember that time when Bob Dylan said fuck on live TV? <laughs> the Queen might have been watching. <laughs> but she swears like a sailor. I, b- I believe the Queen is a, is a sweary person. Yeah. I've heard I've heard stories. Well, look at the family she's fucking raising. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, going, going down the Bob Geldof Road, and Jack actually takes that to heart because he goes around uh, with a charity collection <laughs> with a Live Aid uh, yeah. collection box. So he was about about ten years after the fact, but he's still uh, he's still writing on that uh, coattails. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's rural Ireland. Does how long like news takes to? Yeah. <laughs> this, this is pre aircon. Yeah, yes, it's, um, they've just got live aid and music from this young upstart, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they do have uh, the Spin Master playing playing the national anthem to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have uh, and Father Liam came round. Yes. What did you pay for the shelves, Ted? God, I, uh, I don't really remember, Liam. These won't last you. Look at that. She could talk that into coming down. Well, uh, <laughs> they've lasted fine until now. Give us a go. Ah. Oh, God, Ted, I, I can feel it beginning to give. <laughs> ah, look at that, Ted. Sure, it's falling apart. And Father Liam is one of those people that uh, likes to appreciate good engineering by, by stress testing everything he comes into contact <laughs> with. <laughs> so he gets up on a, on a bookcase, which previously has already uh, been able to carry without, pro- without problem the monkey priest. <laughs> but uh, Father Liam is able to kick down several, uh, several shelves on it. Well, I mean, the monkey priest was sort of gently climbing. You know, he was being careful about climbing up on it, even though he's going nuts. And he does have a smaller frame, so that yeah. probably... Uh, yeah. He wasn't getting up, like, stress testing about kicking the shit out of it. Yeah. <laughs> shoddy workmanship. Shoddy, shoddy workmanship. Shoddy, shoddy. And like, everyone knows a person like that, though, who comes around yeah, right and everything you've got is like, I could have got you a better one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just look how shit this is. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, look how shit this is. This is really wobbly. Yeah, but the table the mic is on. <laughs> Whoa. Is... Yeah, it's pretty shoddy. <laughs> it, it is actually shoddy, but we inherited it from the flats. So we're not yeah, getting. I'm so, not going to uh, complain about that then. Free, table. free tables are good. Exactly, and you can hear you can hear the squeak of the chairs as well. But uh, yeah, so he he goes to the 100 pound stereo system, which we've mentioned on a previous podcast. The technology from that era is actually quite uh, much better built. Robust. This yeah, is the exactly. 90s. 100 pounds in the 90s. Well, exactly. Like it's not an inexpensive uh, record player, so he, it took quite a bit of force for Father Liam <laughs> to actually break the needle off yeah. the. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that was Jiggle's record collection. Surely, surely has to has to get started up again. But Absolutely. thankfully, it's got a quite a big. Uh, Quite a big injection. We learned that Google has a record collection of one seven-inch disc. Which is? Uh, the, hang on until I find it here. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Hugo and the Huguenots uh, from Sweden, or from Norway, sorry. They came ninth in the song for Norway in oh. 1988. Do you remember that? No. No. <laughs> so at least now it's got a nice big injection of 12 Neve Connolly albums. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on Google's record collection to see how, yeah, how it's getting. <laughs> But uh, yeah, they had controversy in '95 with the lovely girl, '95 winner who uh, starred in a film called *The Stallion Farm*. Mm. Now, I don't know why they would have such a problem with uh, 
with uh, film that is sort of about farming and uh, yeah, you know, in a rural I mean, community. Ireland's very into it. It's, um, you know, racehorses and that. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would play well around Kildare in the Midlands. Yes, and I stuff, thought yeah. they'd be very interested in this. Um, clearly, it was some kind of documentary about life on uh, some sort of stud farm or something. Yeah, well, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Maybe it was in subtitles and that was the problem. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> so some rural Ireland areas do need some of that. The implication, of course, is that it might have been a blue movie. <laughs> made a movie like a, uh, a blue movie, yeah, <laughs> like uh, the Passion of Centibulus. So I'd say Jack was the first one around the corner at the the local Omniplex. <laughs> nah, I'm just Down staying clear on this topic right now. <laughs> Why is that? Because I'm just not going to say anything on this one. Stallion form. No, I'm yeah. intrigued. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm intrigued too. Uh, just Are you afraid you'll say something? I'm just grossly afraid offensive? I'll say something like, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. About okay. what the studs? I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm just trying to stay clear. Well, you're not, you're not going to give the podcast uh, some massive, uh, you know, reveals, yeah. a Hell. scandal. Sounds like whoever was in that film had a massive reveal. So. Hey! Hey! But, um, uh, we'll, do, we'll take it there then. It's <laughs> about <laughs> as far as I can go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Father Liam he kicks through the door, so that can add we can add that to our, our list of destruction. Yes. Sticks Which his head through the door and says, Cowboys head! Yes. They're all bloody cowboys. Yeah, remained unmended at the end of the episode. Yeah. As well. Oh yes, okay. So we'll actually Yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that to see yes. if that maintains throughout the uh, these things can magically be mended very quickly, but uh, Well especially with somebody as resourceful as Mrs. Doyle around the house. Absolutely. Yeah. She was very busy with that ditch though. Well, yes, yeah, yeah. but she's a, she's got her day off now, so oh, she should be fine for the next few months. I do quite like whenever he opened the door, he obviously slammed it against the bookcase, which that bookcase took a fucking beating from him. Yeah, but I genuinely thought he was going to slam the door and he was going to smash the bits, and then it's just a couple of seconds pause and he just starts beating for it. <laughs> it's perfect comedic timing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was yeah, and uh, yeah, Doug Doug just walks through the door, barely even. Present remarks to it. Hey, he looks at it on the floor and he's just like, oh. yeah. <laughs> that's, just, uh, that's, that's great visual comedy for the podcaster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, p- the pictures are better on radio, aren't they? But they he, are indeed, yeah. he does just kind of acknowledge it. He's just kind of, alright, this is like he's normal saying. day in this house, really. <laughs> yeah, well, it probably is, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Something else has been smashed. Oh well. <laughs> well, like I said, Mrs. Doyle can get the, the welder out because she does have seen, seemingly a uh, vast collection of power tools now. Yeah. So we're starting to fill up other rooms see. in the house. Mrs. Doyle is very useful to have around. I should have probably got their money's worth. Her. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I think she's. I think she's underappreciated because. And she, one evening off a week is not a lot to give her in return, really, for all she does for us. Well, she should be happy with a few hours. Like, but she does uh, love serving. She Even when she's out on her night out, she wants to go back and check on them. See, I think, I think maybe she's Mr. Calling. I think maybe she should have worked in construction. Mm-hmm. Maybe Indeed. she should have been better as like a. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hard labour bomb build. Having said yeah. that, like somebody who knows her way around construction tools so well, but is using her chopsticks like a knife and fork. Yes, <laughs> clearly, Donna Station is uh, is not where she belongs. She's not used to this exotic yeah. stuff. The, the, the food and drinks industry is not uh, is not conducive to her to her uh, to her talents. I don't think. Hello, I hope you're enjoying the 2020 version of Ecumenical Matters. If you are, look out for Chatting Pictures podcast, recording with two Ecumenical Matters guests that are sitting right beside me. Say hello, guys. Hello. And what is Chatting Pictures podcast, Marty? Chatting Pictures is a chaotic journey through Irish cinema. Uh, A madcap recap of all the great movies of Irish cinema. What have we covered so far? Uh, we've covered, recently we just covered Michael Collins, we've done Grabbers, we've done Dario Gill and the Little People. 
Uh, many of those films do feature Father Ted actors, uh, which of course we will be uh, will be mentioning the, the podcast. So have a look for that. Look for Chatting Pictures podcast, or go to the website Chatting Pictures, sponsored by HangSandwich.com. So Mrs. Doyle can come out. It's the only reason I gave him the house back. One night off every week for Mrs. Doyle. Maybe I should just go and check on them. <laughs> Sit down. Now come on, let's enjoy ourselves, sisters. No men around, we can do what we like. Is that meat? Do you not feel like me being a little bit hypocritical? Because one thing is when like all sexism and all in church and blah 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 but then there's Mrs Doyle who is proven that women can do a man's job and all and she walks in like knackered with a pickaxe over her shoulder and she gets really grossly offended by this whereas like Mrs Doyle is doing men's work even if she's being treated like shit yeah I think that was the issue offended and they were taking advantage of her more than what she was doing (laughs) but she's willingly doing it as well well yeah I mean they're overworking her that's what the issue is I think rather than the work she's doing being, um, are they necessarily like they're giving her jobs? I don't think are they giving her a time frame to yeah, do? Being are they a, saying this has to be done today? Or? There's an implication that they do give her a time frame. Yeah, with the, I know the you slates. wanted to clean yeah. the slates today. Oh yeah, yeah, true. And, uh, yeah. Even still, should have been impressed that Mrs. Doyle was able to use like a, I don't know, probably a jackhammer. And stuff see, that's just so being patronising to women. Why would a woman not know how to use a jackhammer? She's no, gonna read the instructions I mean, at correctly. This, at, that, at, that time. <laughs> at least she does read the instructions. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Men usually just take it out and try first, and then when they fuck it up, they deny all responsibility. I know that's what I do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're starting to fill up more rooms in the house. Remember, Leanne brought up the fact that it was a massive house and yeah. there's nothing else in the room. So we already know that one of the rooms is taken up by board games and uh, video games and whatnot. No, the kitchen is there. And we've seen the kitchen as well. We have seen it before, I think. Uh-huh. Haven't we? I'm pretty uh, sure we've seen it before. You see it in the speed episode as well, don't you? Yeah, it becomes much more prominent in the speed episode. This might actually be the first appearance of the kitchen. It's the first uh, one I've seen. Yeah, it must. Uh, you usually see like a glimpse of it through the door, and that's about it. Yeah, I can't actually pick, call to mind. Uh, I, can't, I stand corrected, like, we'll put it in the Paris Minutes in two minutes. Yes, I, I thought the kitchen was bigger, but I maybe I'm thinking of no, a different episode. It was, de- yeah, I do remember it being a scullery like uh, yeah. setup. So, a scullery, let's talk about sculleries then. Do you, yes. yeah. uh, do you know, know what a scullery is? No. Uh, they were a scullery maid. My, my late great auntie used to refer to her kitchen as a scullery. I don't yes. know why. But my <laughs> granny used to call her kitchen a scullery. It's the same, it was yeah. the same idea, like, it was just a sort of long room well not long but sort of rectangular which is very narrow and quite long and it just had cupboards mm. and the, the cooper and that was it and you just did all your stuff in the scullery uh, but yeah it's, it's sort of gone out of style now you have the open plan kitchens and stuff mm. where people can see I don't like open plan things in general mm. I like things to be categorized in little cells Compon- and compartmentalized and everybody to stay in their little rooms and not annoy me <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a place called prison I've and heard of it, th- yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, the accommodation fees are very cheap. Yeah. All, you, all you need to do is bring a few flower pots, I believe. Or well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or kill a man. You don't need to go that far. I mean, if your conscience is going to tickle you about that. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, if you want to have a good long stay. 
Yeah, yeah, That's true. true, true, true. You, you want to get the investment. I mean, a few flower pots, what's that going to get you? Once you're there, I mean, all you need to do is say a few things about, you know, Nasty Warden's mother. Or you'll be oh. in there permanently. Well, that makes more sense. I was just going to say, kill another man while you're there. I'm, I'm you slightly I'm I'm disturbed about all this <laughs> talk <laughs> of murder coming your, out of you. Your casual talk of murder as well, Vince. Is yeah. <laughs> so blase about it. Yeah. <laughs> just very thrown out there. Yeah, I'm sure I'll kill a man, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, kill, kill a man. man. <laughs> That's what it's like no a, rent, you yeah. say. Let's kill a man. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you just need to get to the point. That's all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. There's no point being around the bush about. Basically, I think one of the other rooms in the house has been set aside for power tools because she had, as you say, we have shears that come out of nowhere in one of the previous episodes. Do you think she would leave them in her garage overnight? Or? Well, she's pretty much there. The, well, she mentioned the, there was a, the greenhouse was next to the, the, the shed. Oh, okay, so it must be a shed out the back then. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. Because you never just... see the back of the house. You don't? Would no, you never see you, the front. Would yeah. you leave something as valuable as that in a shed? Overnight? Well, Craggy Island, I think you'd be okay. They wouldn't be too they, they went loopy yeah. when the whistle was stolen, so uh, probably not. <laughs> no, that, that, like, I mean, there wouldn't be a massive crime problem in Craggy Island, I don't think. Oh, even for your power tools. I think even if there is, the only person you can imagine seeing power tools is going to be Tom. Tom. Yeah. yeah. And Tom, Tom's got his own line in this, as we know. He's got his own line in everything. Yeah. So he can get samurai swords onto the island with no difficulty, so... I, I don't think he would be bothered with it. Yeah. <laughs> Power tools are too crude for him, I think. He's, he's bo- they bought such things. Shotgun. Yeah, well, sh- shotgun's nice and personal. It's effective. And effective, yeah. Kill man won't. Oh, God, there she is again. <laughs> She's all over the place. <laughs> Flesh power. What does that mean? Don't know. I knew a father, Clint Power. <laughs> Maybe she's having a go at him. Dougal comes in reading a, a magazine called Rock Cupboard. Oh, yes. Did you get uh, pick up the reason why it's called that? What was it called again? Rock Cupboard. There is a story behind it. It's. Uh, I don't know. I was more laughing at the image on the front. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a second. I just want to bring up the, the magazine. It's based on an Irish magazine called Hot Press. No, I, I'm not entirely sure why it's called hot press, but it's that sounds like where you keep your sheets. In yeah, it, it, yeah, that's that is what a hot press is like. But this is, what was the magazine is hot off the press. <laughs> but Graham Lennon actually wrote for the hot press magazine, and so did Arthur Matthews. So I think that's where they met. Actually, it was on the writing staff for Hot Press, and it was actually it's actually a really good magazine. Um, it covers music primarily, but also uh, covers like general culture yeah. and uh, politics and everything, uh, and just does it in a very sort of accessible way like it's not it's not really dry and really boring or anything uh it's just it's sort of like vice magazine before back in the print era in ireland from what i can gather do you know vice magazine your no. face tells me not no. <laughs> well you said you like the the picture on the front it's been so uh give, describe it for us from memory then what uh what was on the front cover of the magazine yes it would be better coming from you guys <laughs> oh really yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um basically just keep it clean it's well, to keep it <laughs> basically just bitch face magoo on the cover of boxing gloves with uh clit power written on <laughs> bitch face magoo is uh is vince's moniker for neve conley of course yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, yes she was uh, on the cover and uh the, so you see. <laughs> yeah, with the boxing gloves so she's obviously in fighting mode and the boxing gloves aggressive set, very power, right. yeah. so clit power was that the extra version of girl power so that was the extra to spice girls i suppose I think it's just the were they more just, vulgar version. Yeah. Were they just going going for vulgarity? As well? yeah. <laughs> I wonder well, if like Spice Girls had initially went this, released a song called Cliff Power, and then the producers were just like, 
That's not. Too let's much. tone it down. It's not because they appeal to teeny boppers, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, because this would have predated Spice Girls. This I was think. around about the same time that Spice Girls were just becoming popular, because their first, um, I think Wannabe was 96 or 97. Yeah, that was around about the same time. So it was about September 96, so this episode was around April 96, so... He predates it, maybe? Do you reckon somebody saw it and goes, huh? Somebody saw the future. <laughs> Not clip power. Girl power! <laughs> you Well, we never know. Conspiracy theorists of the world unite. I want to get away early to the lovely girls' competition. I wouldn't mind going myself, but I don't think I'd know what to say to a lovely girl. God, Dougal, there's no end to things you could talk about. You could ask them what their father does for a living, if they have a boyfriend, dresses... Anything to do with clothes and perfume, basically. Clothes is easiest because men wear clothes, but we don't wear perfume. Except Father Bigley. Except Father Bigley. <laughs> anyway, if you ever meet a woman, I'm sure you'll be able to deal with it. Just be yourself, Dougal. Be yourself, make them feel at ease, and the golden rule, always let them have their way. It's easiest in the long run. Anyway, I better be off. I don't want to keep those lovely girls waiting. Ted wants to give Dougal a bit of advice on chatting to women. Dougal has difficulty with it. Well, he has chatted to women before, but he has expressed that nuns are are aren't aren't really women. Oh, yeah, okay. um, he sees Mrs. Doyle. Doyle. He doesn't really see her as a woman, really woman either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, Ted says just uh, to talk about her clothes. It's easier for men to talk about clothes because we wear clothes, mm. not perfume, unlike Father Bigley. Mm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Father Bigley was the one that was uh, shipping weapons to Cuba, was he not? I don't, I don't recall. I have to I have to check on that. So Father Bigley is the cross dressing freedom fighter. Cross dressing gun runner. The gun runner, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's, there's songs in that, like there's. So, there's so much material. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure Ronnie Drew has has uh, some songs about that or something like. Yeah. And Father Jack, as I said, just punched Ted in the stomach. So what was what did Ted do that annoyed him so much? Uh, just trying to stop him it's from, from uh, begging. Yeah. Pretending to be Bob Geldof and getting money. Yeah. <laughs> was he pretending though? He was, like I said, he'd got the, yeah, the live aid oh, cup. Oh, yeah. Just a plan because everybody thought he really was. Well, oh. yeah, everyone uh, everyone in the in the sort of dinner dance, whatever you want to call it, the, well, the, the lovely, lovely girls. girls. Lovely girls. Uh, yeah, they're all uh, they're all impressed that uh, Bob Yeldof had showed up. <laughs> <and> <laughs> so maybe the resemblance is stronger, and when you see okay. it in person, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, <laughs> people look different on TV, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so while uh, Ted's at the lovely girls competition, some of the uh, some of the competitions that they had to prove themselves and prove their worth were such things as walking, which mm. involved doing a slalom in between traffic cones. <laughs> yes. Three, to be exact. Three, Three. traffic cones. Uh, Four, a bit too much to be like tricky. going to that would, um, No, that's, that's Olympic standard. That is, that's, yeah. yeah that, Not that, many can cut at uh, that level. That'll be going to five sets in the tennis. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think a woman can handle four, four cones. Four cones. And of course... Uh, you really get a chance to appreciate the uh, finer form of the of the, the contestants. Now walking. Oh. Look at them there, walking around. Look out there, Mary. Doesn't Mary have a lovely bottom? Careful there, Ted. That might offend the girls. Right. Of course, they all have lovely bottoms. <laughs> Said, said they all have lo- lovely bottoms, don't Indeed, they? <laughs> they? All covered by their lovely curtain material dresses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're, they're more like their, uh, their tablecloth yeah. material. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, they all have lovely bottoms. Uh, I think that should be the line of the show, really. They all have lovely, lovely bottoms. That's bottom. what made that comment better. It's like, oh, she has a lovely bottom. Oh, they all have lovely bottoms. Yeah. Yes. How is that any better? 
Well, if you say she's a lovely bottom, it might it might offend some of the girls. But if you say they all have lovely bottoms, no, yes, just then you're right. Uh, exactly, yes. But now you're including them all in it. He's complimented all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of all are. Everybody's happy. Yes. Yeah. Who wouldn't want somebody to say that they had a lovely bottom? Like, well, you all have lovely bottoms. Thank That's you what very I much. For you, every you, day. you two have a lovely bottom, Aww. James. I've, I've often thought it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why, sorry? So it's mediocre at best. Oh, well, <laughs> well, remember I went to the Rock at Halloween. I wish I could forget that. How could you forget that? It was brilliant. Yeah. I, went, I went to I went to a Halloween party that Vince was at. Where it was like, I, was I guess a photo of that. You probably do, yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. My, my, my bottom looked mediocre at that point. I, I felt I was I was disappointed. Yeah. I have to get I have to get back in my squats again. <laughs> he came home from work, walked upstairs, came down in a pair of underwear. That was it. It wasn't a pair of underwear, it was a pair of speedos. Uh, you find. Oh, and budgie smugglers. Uh, yes. <laughs> and not, I, I had fake tan and I had sunglasses. So yeah. And I had the WWF belt. So you know, I really went to town. Yeah, but it didn't leave much to the imagination. And personally, I didn't need that no. in my life. <laughs> yes, he did, Vince. No. Everybody, that everybody needs that in their life. Yeah, you've had that in the wine bank for years. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I deleted the picture. <laughs> so it's all Just up here now. Burned into your brain. <laughs> exactly. I don't need the picture. It's very long. <laughs> and Dougal is left to host or to well to house it really. And he doesn't do a very good job of it because Nee Conley, as I say, comes around to the house. You haven't told me your name yet, Father. Him. Be yourself. Right. Um. <laughs> Father Dougal Maguire. All right. This is a great house. I really love the crude religious imagery. Yes, I like it. Are you all right there? <laughs> How's your bra? What? Your bra. Is it comfortable? Do you have a bra? It's not too tight, is it? Because you can loosen it if you want. Take it off, sure, go on. Or would you like some tea? I'll tell you what, I'll make the tea and you take your brow. off. And she's looking for a place to live. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I will just say, since that episode aired, um, they made a joke of the fact that Neil Connolly wanted to get away into the west of Ireland somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did say a godforsaken island off the west of Ireland. But mm-hmm. since that episode aired, there's been a shitload of celebrities decided to move down to uh, Cork and Kerry mm-hmm. and Mayo and Connemara and everything. So Russell Crowe would have stint where he lived down there for a while, yeah. and there's a few um, big Hollywood stars just decided to get Sarah Jessica Parker down there. Yeah, she there, lives I in Sligo, I think. Yeah. Pretty sure that was just a horse. She does look like a horse, so you know you could be forgiven for thinking that. Oh, God, you, was it so was it um, was it Peter Griffin who said she looks like a fit? <laughs> was that somebody else? <laughs> they let her on TV and she looks like a fit. <laughs> That's a pretty good way of putting it. Are we, on a, are we on a Father Ted podcast lowering the tone by bringing fa- uh, Family Guy up in it? I always, bring, I always bring Family Guy into everything. It has its moments. I hate the show, but it does have some like, moments. Yeah. You can count them on your one hand. Yeah. Family Guy. I guess yeah, some <laughs> anti-Bush sentiment, which I'm very fond of. How did you get that in John, John Oliver, what do you call him? Nah. John Stewart? Nah. Yeah, yeah so Dougal, Dougal has to entertain Neil Connolly, and he's very flustered. So the first thing he asks her, which uh, rather prevalently for a feminist, is how's your bra? Because as we know from the 60s, the first thing they would they would uh, throw off the shackles of was their bras. Oh. So I'm surprised she didn't actually pick the, up the on The manacles them. of womanhood. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so part of me would love to live in a world where men could ask a woman how their bra is without sort of feeling awkward. 
Wouldn't that be rock? nice? <laughs> my bra is very comfy, of course, for the mesh one tonight. So, yeah, nice, it's very nice, comfortable, right. yeah. Excellent. So you don't look awkward at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we can all dream, can't we? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. Vince, you better ask mine. What? How's, uh, ask, ask me how my bra is. Mine's already done, but I was here before, but how's your bra? Yeah. <laughs> the bra's good, thanks. Um, yeah, I made a good choice for that. Uh, yeah, so um, every time you see her on the street, uh, Lindsay on the street, just ask her her bra is. I'm, I'm hoping this yeah. will... Um, catch on. By osmosis, will, people will... Catch yeah. <laughs> to see people walking down the street like a wee yeah. wink and a nod. How's your bra? See, <laughs> see mesh works for me um, because I can't use it really wear the other sort on account of my enormous rack because I do end up with a sort of Picasso tits look. Um, but you didn't need to know that. As long as the audience did, that's all. <laughs> well, I, I feel like we've got a thing going on now. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, and one of the other things I wanted to bring up was the four wallflowers, as I've I'm gonna call them at the at the lovely girls. <laughs> She's coming for you, baby. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she got a right on Patty. Oh, 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 that's a going there. Oh, Patrick. Oh, we're getting the eye from all the girls, huh? Hope you don't get into any mischief. Oh, you know us, father. I do, and that's the trouble. <laughs> The four men, he was like, oh, she's, she's, she's looking at me, she's checking me out, checking me out. Uh, have you ever met people like that at a, a social gathering? Because yeah. I certainly have. We've all met those guys, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, my, my group of friends. I just stand at the corner and... Slobbering ogle. at the... It is a very recognisable trope of ones who don't go up and, uh, and chat to women and just go, oh, got a chance in there, chance in there. And they sit and do that all night oh. for years on end. They were all dressed like they were in the 1920s. Exactly. Or and they, were, they looked like they, were, they had been doing it for about 40 years. And, yeah. <laughs> and unmarried and the look of things. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe very married indeed, possibly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I genuinely don't think so. Like, there is. Yeah, I, their, their wives wouldn't have let them out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, they're all there. They're, they're all there to find a wife, basically. That's why the women... Lovely girls. Sure. Yeah, that's why men like, go to gatherings like that. Every time I say lovely girls, I keep getting the lovely horse song in my head. So. <laughs> oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely. Lovely girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you compare Sarah Jessica Parker to that, so, you know, foot, yeah. it's in your own heads. Sorry, Sarah Jessica, if you're listening. Uh, you can call me a foot or some other part of the body if you want. You know, <laughs> then, then we'll be cool. <laughs> well, yeah, when did they ever get a half door on the kitchen door? Yeah, about that sort of stable door yeah. thing going Was on. Was maybe always there? Well, it's never come up before. But uh, Dugan comes in after offering Neve a cup of tea and says, yeah. oh, sorry, Mrs. Doyle makes the tea. And he's standing over a half door, oh. which I've never, ever noticed before. Well, sorry. because it's not just opened. Mrs. Right. Doyle usually comes all the way in or all the way. Yeah. <laughs> or she'll <laughs> just shout. Uh, yeah, but I uh, just wanted to bring that up. That, uh, another way. part of the decor that uh, has been introduced to us. And yeah, uh, so you uh, when we go back to Bob Geldof and Jack Wigan Bob Geldof, he was asked by one of the lovely girls, Did you really knock Michael Hutchins out? <laughs> and you want to bring up Michael Hutchins, and yes. his uh, well, is the fact that he sort of did the episode because he yes, was this very was a couple of years before Mr. Hutchins uh, departed this life, so yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, he was sadly, <laughs> <laughs> he was, it was very tragic. <laughs> Well, exactly. Well, he was he was very prominent in the news at the yes. time. Um, he was the reason the Bob Geldof thing came up is because he was actually Michael Hutchins was sleeping with Bob Geldof's then wife. Is that right, Holly? Yes. Uh, she didn't she sort of uh, flirt uh, very uh, indiscreetly when they were on. She was doing the big breakfast when yes, he was a guest, yeah. uh, which was a bit much for, um, for that time of the morning. 
Well, I, <laughs> I remember seeing a bit of the clip, and it didn't seem that bad to me. I don't, I didn't remember seeing it at the time, but it was, it was kind of obvious what was going on there. <laughs> well, the whole segment on yeah. the show every morning yeah. was that she would lie on a bed and interview it was somebody. Pull on the bed mm. was pull on, but then that's I suppose that was part of Polly Yates's image as well. Well, probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't really remember much about Polly Yates apart from the Fence. yeah. Well, she went out for Bob Gilder for a while, and that she was, was married to him, and then um, yeah, and then she took up with this Hutchins um, chap. Yes, and uh, Michael Hutchins. I don't, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of everything, but he, he, uh, he was found dead in his flat, or well, in a hotel room actually. And, uh, I think I believe it was a hotel room. In yeah, a, in a rather and compromising what, situation. For well, those. what looks like auto erotic asphyxiation, yeah. uh, and the, it was probably the first time that anyone had ever heard of. This even being a practice, never mind. It was uh, talked about really? quite a lot in the after. You've never heard of him? Oh, sorry. Yes, he's the lead singer of uh, NXS. NXS. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, was it? I was thinking of that. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was a massive, this massive pop star. Yeah. It was massive, huge news at the time. It was. And um, yeah, yeah, he was into his clearly into his alternative lifestyles as well. <laughs> and yeah. It was in Australia, I think it was happening. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. Was well, Australia. that's where they were from, like so. Yeah, that yeah makes sense. sense. And uh, but yeah, so. It just reminded me of a, a line in X-Files where uh, a person, one of the characters, could see how everyone was going to die mm. and he just went to Mulder. There are very undignified ways of going out, but probably autoerotic association is the worst Mulder, <laughs> what do you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This reminds me of the old Billy Connolly uh, routine where you know, you're really caught if you die in the wrong place, you can't say it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in Dougal's um, effort to impress his women, uh, he does quote whatever they want to do, because that's the advice he was given to by, by Ted, uh, and then ended up that he gave the house to Nee Conley. Now, I don't, I, I can't really think that she, I don't really think she was uh, manipulating him for the very reason that she would know she would have to at least exchange deeds to get the property of the house, yeah, which he would not have access over. All they would have would have been a verbal com- confirmation. Oh. I think, I think for the sake of an episode, they just kind of go, no, all that legal stuff out the window. It's just Dougal give her dice. That's it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think what Otherwise, she's trying to do is joke wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's from not the character, the weeks and weeks of shenanigans that it goes yeah. through. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah, so we can weeks of boring, boring conveyancing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think from the character's point of view, like she just wanted to sort of go up and stir some shit and leave again, and this it suddenly became a very quickly a very uh, easily manipulated situation when Dougal uh, turned out to be in charge mm-hmm. uh, but it t- in order to find someone to sleep they took to squatting outside the property in tents because that's actually what they're doing they're squatting on the garden so as long as they stay there for 11 years assuming all the legal legalities did go through if this was in the UK if they had stayed there for 11 years they would have got to keep that little segment under the, under the tent <laughs> and the world yeah <laughs> God almighty, Dougal. I go away for a few hours and you've managed to give away the house. I mean, take me through it again. What exactly happened? I was just sticking to your rules, Ted. Uh, number one, be yourself. No, 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 no. Be yourself is just something people say. Never be yourself with women. Never, never, never. <laughs> what then? Well, I, I tried to make her more comfortable, like you said. Yes. So I asked her to take off her bra. <laughs> we'll come back to that one. But... but but you gave away the house. What about the golden rule, Ted? Always give them what they want. No, no. That's the silver rule. The golden rule is if anyone is ever talking to you again, think about what you're saying and then don't say it and then just run away somewhere. Right? All right. This is a long shot, but it's our only hope. I'm going to leave this paper and pencil here and hopefully in the morning 
God will have written down what we should do, okay? That is a long shot. Ted reaches out for desperate measures. And he's like, right, we're at the end, at the end of our tether. Hopefully, uh, we'll, hopefully God will have written down what we need to do. <laughs> so he leaves with a notepad out and hope that, uh, that God helps him out. Unfortunately, the next morning it doesn't. So he did. He did sort of put his faith where his put his mouth where his faith was. Is this his feel that uh, Ted does have some sort of a faith? Yes. Well, exactly. <laughs> See, Ted obviously is a man of faith. Yeah. Uh, Some who would argue that he is uh, really doesn't believe at all. But that I, I don't evidence agree. that he. Uh, I, I think he does have faith. He wouldn't have done that if he didn't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think quite like you said. Obviously, Ted has faith there. But I like that Dougal typically has faith in Ted and his ideas and stuff. And on that one, he basically just turned around and said it's not a very good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, Dougal's Dougal's the enlightened one, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) as um, Ted being the cynical one, you would have thought he would be the non-believer of the of the pair. But uh, it's funny that uh, it's the other way around. Yeah. Well, see, Ted is cynical in as far as he's cynical at the position in life he's in. Mm. Like we've discussed before, if he had got a parish in a nice part of Dublin or something. He'd Some be very, very happily uh, preaching, yeah. staying on message and stuff. Uh, whereas Dougal, just he didn't really get on board with the message from day one. So oh, it was, uh, even <laughs> as he said at the start of this episode, it's all a laugh. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that Christmas episode with the advent calendar. Um, actually, I don't know if you've covered that or not. We're, but, we're um, com- that'll be a bonus episode. That was point, um, yeah. that pretty much um, explains where he's at with this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll, we'll look forward to that when it, when it comes in. Let's not in. talk about that too much right now, then. Well, uh, you may as well, sure. Uh, go for it there. Yes, three wise men. What's that got to do with the, the story of Jesus? <laughs> Star, load of lads in a stable. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> yeah, well, they probably have the great fun out there in the hay. Yeah. Going for a row. <laughs> but while we're on the heavy, while we're on the heavy subjects, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on there because it was for the first time in the series the paedophilia in the priesthood was put front and centre in the episode. Basically, the thing is the house. It really wasn't Dougal's to give away. <laughs> so it'd be great if you could give it back to us. I think you'd be interested in the kind of work we're doing here. We're a very progressive parish. I hope it's not some kind of hideaway for paedophile priests. That whole thing disgusted me. Well, Neve, we're not all like that. I mean, say if there's 200 million priests in the world and, and 5% of them are paedophiles, that's still only 10 million. <laughs> I hope this island's not just a hideaway for paedophile priests. Right to Ted's face, and that was a very um, aggressive uh, manoeuvre by her. But again, it shows that, and Ted, Ted had the arguments in case, like not all priests are like that. But <laughs> if there's 20 million priests, Johnny's numbers order, a bit wrong there. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> still only that's still only 10 million priests. <laughs> but uh, but it, they they tackled it head on, or well, they, they yeah. mentioned it head on, yeah. and I didn't realise they were so overt about it. Coincidentally, I did watch a film this week, Calvary, have you ever seen it? Uh, it's a film from 2014 with Brenton Gleeson playing a priest. And basically the first scene is him in a confessional. And somebody comes into the confession, he can't see who it is. And he says, I'm going to kill you because you're a good priest and you haven't been a paedophile. Because if I kill a paedophile priest, that'll make no impact. I want to kill a good priest to fucking get my revenge properly. So that he goes through the rest of the film knowing this then, and he's even set a time and date. Excellent trailer. I'm, I'm going to watch that now. You've really sold that to me. Well, I've never seen exactly, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's a fucking brilliant film, and it's a brilliant film treating uh, Ireland's um, reaction to the whole uh, paedophile priest uh, problem, and the fact that now the priesthood is so hated in oh. in Ireland, and it's it can be held responsible for quite a lot of Ireland's problems, but when it's actually delivered to one individual priest, 
it's obviously devastating for that one person. Like, mm. on a side note, I, uh, Sinead O'Connor, you, you're aware of the Magdalene? The Magdalene sisters. Simon, she yeah. was with them for a while as a teenager. I did not know that. Mm, that would explain a lot, actually. Uh, <laughs> what was she put in for? Uh, well, her, her parents separated when she was quite young, and uh, I think she went to live with her mother. And there was she's, if I've got this straight, she's accused her, uh, or she said that uh, there was um, abuse took place in the household. And uh, I'm not stuff happened when she was about fourteen or fifteen. She went to the magazines for a while, and in some ways, I mean, that was where she seemed to be where she started getting into music and writing at that time. Right. Yeah. And I apologise if I got any part of that story messed up but that's a, that is broadly i understood what happened it, it would make sense actually it would it would uh, sort of explain her anger towards the church as well because the magdalene the magdalene asylums were basically just she has um in in preparation for this i was reading up a bit and she has spoken a little bit about the um, anxiety and, and uh, fear that she experienced at times in there but um, it, uh, as in uh, because she just hated the place just, or, uh, like, or i she... think it was to do with punishments and things like that right yeah well, to fill people in, the asylums were basically if if a girl was uh, appeared to have fallen, mm. as in if she got pregnant it, outside of it marriage, it could be or absolutely over absolutely nothing. Yeah, really. yeah. It, it, it was like a witch hunt in some place. <laughs> like if yeah, it was. You're perceived to being a little bit willful. <laughs> Maybe you could end up in one. Yeah, like if you, if you were you know sort of flesh and leg to showed your ankle to a stranger and, yeah and then flash leg to another guy one of them would get jealous enough to have you sectioned into the yeah. magdalene or your family might do it or just yeah if you're causing trouble to the family name like he sounds like he's talking from experience who have you been flashing your legs to uh you've been obviously <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so i mean uh, and then when the girls were left in there and they're just forgotten about basically mm -hmm. and much there was girls who spent their whole lives in there yeah right? and they Terrible. they were they're if they were pregnant for example their babies were taken off them and sold just and adoption. adopted yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't get a say in it really. and, yeah. pulled side of it, like. and uh yeah so it would explain an awful lot of Sinead's um i don't demeanor. believe it was um, a pregnancy in her case oh, right okay but I mean, so you can imagine her being so. sort of really unruly teenager as well there's a lot more to that story yeah. and um i would i mean it's it's pretty well documented so there's plenty of information about it if yeah. you're interested so. right yeah definitely so, we'll do. so at the end of the uh, lovely girls after after ted's chosen his winner and he he decides he wants to go on a date with her uh neve conley decides after finding out that ted is working mrs doyle to the bone uh, that she will give them back the house if she gets to take mrs doyle and uh, ted's prospective date to the restaurant where she holds court and tells stories about how sting fell down the stairs <laughs> Now, I, I'd like to posit that Sting was probably doing his mad yoga when he was doing that. Have you ever heard <laughs> Sting's mad yoga? No, but the thing I was more taken from it is the fact that Sting was married to a woman. Francis Tomalty. That's the one. And he was from living in Belfast and all for a while. Mm. So oh, I was thinking the fact that he used to live down by the White Fort, where that's Belfast, I believe. Would I be right really? in thinking that the Stalker song that he's very famous for was written about her? Yeah. Which I'll be watching. Every, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I call it the stalker song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, film me in because I don't know any of this. So, uh, where, where do I see this? Uh, apparently, Frank, I don't know if it's is true. It I know he lived famous? in Ireland. No, it was, uh, it was famous. Francis Tomaldi's from the Tomaldi dynasty. Um, but apparently, they lived in West Belfast. Yeah. Right, okay. So, uh, not, not far from me. She's the sister, actually, of um, Roma Tomaldi, who I was speaking to you about earlier. Oh, okay, yes. right. Yes. And they were both the daughters of Joseph Tomaldi from the McEwies series that used to be on radio many moons ago 
And You've I, got a lot of research to do, James. <laughs> <laughs> no, the whole point of this is to share knowledge. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> the, uh, so what uh, did the stalking song get written about her for? I, I don't know. They, they split up, really. It's well, The marriage ended. He wrote it right. while they were living together. So the story that you hear in Belfast is that he wrote it when he was living in West Belfast. Right. Uh, she was apparently up in bed and they were going through a really hard time. And then he got all stalkery, rapey kind of thing going on. and uh, Allegedly. Wrote, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. allegedly. Yeah, you're okay with the stalker, but rapey, no, we're not, yeah. we're not cool with that. Got yeah. <laughs> to have some boundaries here. But yeah, Bernie went and wrote that song about their relationship. Essentially, like he still really cared for her, but they were struggling, probably because of the fact that he's a big pervert, allegedly. <laughs> and he's been seen coming out of many brothels, allegedly. Right. And yeah. Right. That's where he came from. Belfast Rock City, then. I've never heard of it could be complete bollocks, of course. Could but, you well, know, yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's the well. story that gets told yeah. anyway. <laughs> like usually hear stories like that, and then the person who wrote the song eventually comes out and just like, oh, I just wrote a song. It's like that's um, all. There was no no reason behind it. It's yeah. like Sinead's big hit, the uh, Prince's uh, "Nothing Compares to You." Um, I heard was actually about giving up smoking. Right. Okay. No. It's been seven hours and fifteen days. If you think about it, it actually makes a hell of a lot more sense when yeah. you think about it from the point the doctor <laughs> gets what he told me. You better have fun no matter what you do. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, it does, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. But, well, of course, the darkness it's growing on me is about pubic lice, apparently. Cecilia, you're breaking Bubble. the heart. That's um, a song about writer's block. Yeah, Down okay. to Cecilia, her inspiration. And she's, oh, and he didn't, so didn't Cecilia, deliver. yeah. Oh, OK, right, right, right. It isn't some some girly fancied or something, really, <laughs> apparently. Oh, very good, very good. See, you have to. Of, uh, songs. Oh, the Suggs one? Yeah, the Suggs cover of it. Oh, the Suggs cover. Oh, yes. So bad, but just every time somebody mentions Cecilia, I don't go... What's that? Yeah. I never go to that. I just go straight to the Suggs for some reason. Yeah, well, there you go. So, Suggs for... Suggs for Cecilia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I like that. Look, that sounds really good, actually. Yeah, that should be an album title. <laughs> uh, so, we'll, leave, we'll wrap it up there, actually. Um, well, yeah, no. guys, jump in. Yeah. Lindsay, you said something earlier about the you know all, the whole episode's focused on like hypocrisy and stuff like that. There, yeah. And you kind of avoided it whenever they're in the tent and Ted's asking Dougal about what he did exactly to lose the house, and then he starts backtracking over all the statements, uh, yes, his golden yeah. rules and all. Oh, yes, yeah, that's exactly. The silver rule. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever be yourself around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. uh, yeah well. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. Actually, do yeah. as I say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and yeah, well, Ted's always been like that. And he no, did no, he, he did fall down the light hole again, but this time it seemed to be working. Uh, when she, he was trying to convince Neve that they were, um, that they were, you know, a good parish, mm. and that Jack was actually Father Billy. <laughs> See, he's a compulsive liar. Like he's he's not. There's he no just reason lie. to change his name. Yeah, <laughs> it's a compulsion with him to just yeah. lie on the spot. Yeah, yeah. because. Dougal could very easily walk past that window or something and start calling out to Jack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And uh, then the lie would get thicker, wouldn't it? Oh, what a tangled web. And that's 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 falling down the lie hole. Yeah. Yeah. Just like uh, we always come back to this when it comes to the lion, not lion, but the lying. Uh, what was that episode where Ted? I can't remember his line about you saying like somebody was dying and all, and Dougal walks in and just starts shitting all over his lines. Yes, yeah. And it, it <laughs> oh, just there he is. Always got better. Yeah. Ted, you're lying, Ted. But yeah, no, I just want to wrap it up and uh, just ask your opinions overall on Rocket Hula Ted. Looking at me, Jim. I'm going to look at her. Well, I. Uh, 
the um, I keep calling her Steve Grogan character. It's Neve Connolly, Neve Connolly <laughs> who we're yeah. talking about. Like she really does. She has a character. He really boils my piss, and I, I, I love that because she she used. I've met so many people like that. Just the worst sort of feminists who yap on about oh, yeah. intolerant being tolerant so much that they're actually incredibly intolerant. They've just fallen off one end of the spectrum and gone right round to the other end of it. And uh, yeah, and I I like that they give that a great big bitch lap and yeah yeah. Uh, well, I mean, people like that, as you say, who've gone uh, to the extremes of feminism, if you want. It wouldn't even be the extremes, it would just this be the, aggressive. It was like, the fringe, really. Oh, I hate hypocrisy, I hate I hate intolerance, and then she has a go at Mrs. Doyle for having eaten meat. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> the, uh, Is that meat? We can do whatever we want, is that meat? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mrs. Doyle. She probably was trying to enjoy that, uh, yes. skewering, the, uh, <laughs> skewering the chicken on the end of her chopstick, because clearly yeah. she'd never seen a pair of chopsticks before. But, uh, I think uh, you usually find out people, those people who try to be like the most tolerant or not tolerant but you know the ones who are like right always on. fighting for something they're usually the ones who are the most intolerant of things yeah you know, they literally go to the so far extremes that it's like anything against them is dead wrong and it's can never be considered right they don't see both sides of an argument it's just like they're always fighting they can't see the good in anything yeah uh, they can't accept like all catholics are wrong they're all paid yeah. but see i've been through those phases where i've just like i haven't tolerated anyone ever it's fucking just being angry at that time your dad uh, just talked to me about this, Jim. That's what the mic's for. Jesus. Get in the couch <laughs> of Dr. Yeah. Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that you, you would be quite good. Cause, like, we would always have debates and stuff whenever we're drinking. Yeah. Which is usually when most debates happen. That's great <laughs> debates, yeah. But typically me, you, like our good friends, we would all see things from both sides. You know, everyone would just be like, well, I feel it's this way, but I can see where you're coming from. Whereas people like uh, Neve, whatever her stupid name is, uh, <laughs> People like that are always just very much like, well, I'm right, you're wrong. But you need people like that in society. And you need to be able to say, this is the extreme of the argument. Yeah. And we, if you, you're up to, right up to a point, but we need to pull you back from that. Yeah. Uh, as in, you know, you you need somebody to say that, uh, you know, this is, this is not a, a correct society. That, uh, mm. Women are being treated badly and they're being treated shitly and everything that men have done, everything that's wrong with women is because men have done it. And then you can start breaking it down and say, well, okay, you're right about this element and this element, but this element, no, you're yeah, not. Exactly. Do you not think the, the, the last scene just demonstrates how far away from being a woman of the people she is? Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, that's that, that's that's fine because that's that people like that are generally like that. Mm-hmm. Like the, the reformers of society are the ones who've gone out on a limb and uh, just they want everyone to be like yeah, that. I, I just feel like she's far too antagonistic to be of any use to any argument well, in it, this subject. But every every person's pulling the boat one way mm. uh, if it's one person pulling it really far one way and everyone else is pulling back so you're not going to get very far mm. but what you, what they're going to do is have a lot of people pulling the same direction just slightly and slightly and slightly and that's yeah. progress then if she met like a group of people who were exactly like her they would just be a bloodbath <laughs> yeah yeah well, we discussed this uh, last week that uh, you know ted and uh, ted and dick Byrne because they're so similar they just can't get on mm. yeah if, if neve connelly met somebody like neve connelly they would absolutely hate each other for probably for the accusation that the other one isn't uh, extreme enough or isn't right yeah. on enough. Uh, and I have or met people like, like that. I'm more extreme and right on than you. Yeah, I to- exactly. I yeah. tolerate even less hypocrisy than you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, like one of the, one of the ones that um, one of the arguments that annoys me about uh, people like that is that when 
like let's say for example it's a it's a class issue or something right so i've heard somebody say that rage against the machine shouldn't be discussing the issues of poor people because they were middle class when they started and i think that's fucking idiocy why why does the fact that they had they grew up in relative privilege uh you know so as long as they can see the problem and they can understand the problem, surely yeah, they, they can articulate the problem. Like, as well. That's like saying it was the middle class people who started like poor societies and stuff back in the yeah. Victorian times, and they were the only people who were really in a position to do it. Exactly. So yes. Exactly. Yeah. What's the problem? I mean, exactly. Rage Against the Machine. They essentially have a podium to stand on and spread that message. But I think it comes down to I'm going to go down the sexism route here. Where, you know, we don't yeah, get that phrase of I'm a strong, independent woman. I don't need no man. That kind of thing. I think that's the kind of thing of poor people. It's like, well, we don't need someone higher up than us to help us. We can do it ourselves. I think that's usually the argument people are trying to make. But what happens then is that 20 so people can't try to say, do it. Yeah, and, and well, 20 people try it and they just all splinter and fragment and yeah. we get the situation we've got with yeah. fucking Jeremy Corbyn has to fucking beat off, you know, people from his own party to yeah. try and get the fucking position where he needs exactly. to be, where it's just fucking, you know, leading the opposition. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, on that cheery note, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say... This wasn't one of my favorite episodes. Really? Um, it's it'll not be a top fiver, definitely not. Uh, it'll be top fiver for me, like, but it is one of in the recent ones I've been on. It'll be in the top half, my, maybe. It's been one of my more favorite ones in the ones I've watched with you. Right. Okay. Okay. It did get eight point one out of ten on IMDb. Mm -hmm. uh, having said that, the rabbits episode last week got eight point five, and I really thought that was very bad in right. hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> We'll let, the, we'll let the sirens pass. Uh, but we do have news. The hypocrisy police are out. <laughs> we do have news in the top five contenders, by the way. Huh? In that I may have a front runner now. Yeah. Yeah, I was editing the song for Europe, and three times in one week, the same scene cracked me up. <laughs> it was the scene where uh, Ted's writing, Ted and Dougal are, are getting stressed out of writing a song. No, oh, you wrote yeah. the fucking first note! The fucking first note's already fucking down! <laughs> Three times in one week that had me in stitches, and just the when we went through the discussion of the episode, it was just what it's lifted it, it's lifted it above, it's, it's lifted it to another level. So uh, it's it's our current uh, front runner. I gotta say that's the episode that is stuck in my memory ahead of all the other ones so, just over yeah, the years. Exactly, yeah, and the fact that the song has got so everybody knows it's like yeah. pop culture now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I haven't seen that episode in years, but that scene's always stuck out with me, especially now because I can relate to that. Being that at band practice, everybody was screaming at me one night because I couldn't work out what no one see was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. they were all just screaming at me, full on, giving me not banter, but like actually angry yelling at me. Just the sheer frustration. Yeah. And it does just boil over because everyone's been there for what, two or three hours by that point. And mm -hmm. uh, it might just be something really, really simple that will just eventually click. Yeah. But when everyone else has got it and one person doesn't, I know this from rehearsal rooms, it's like it can be like, oh God. What is wrong? Just fucking get the fucking thing. Just be the old Lenny Mullen approach. Nobody's leaving until he does it right. Yeah. <laughs> Lenny Mullen is that. Uh... God bless him. <laughs> oh, is he dearly departed? Is he? I love that guy. No, he's uh, he lives in Scotland now, which is kind of the same thing. Oh, okay, right. right. <laughs> Jump to the extremes there. Well, he goes, uh, God bless him. God bless him, and all he's saying. Is it God rest him or no? Yeah. He's not dead. He's just uh, he's he's just not with us. He's also <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if he's not with us, I would assume that he was also dead. But Brother uh, of Peter Mullen, whose career went a bit better. Uh, who's Peter Mullen? Uh, Google him. <laughs> 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 okay, well. He's been he's he's on TV more than his brother. 
Well, th thanks very much for joining us. Uh, you can find us on facebook.com slash ecumenicalmatters. Uh, you can go to itunes.com and subscribe and rate and review us. Or if you want, uh, if you want to go straight to source, you can go to soundcloud.com and find us under Ecumenical Matters as well. Uh, but thank you very much for listening and bless you. Bye.